Dave Chang is an avid student and fan of sports, music, art, film, and of course, food. With a rotating cast of guests, they have conversations that cover everything from the creative process to his guests' guiltiest pleasures. Follow The Dave Chang Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Hello, media consumers. This is the Press Box. <laughs> Brian Curtis and Kevin Clark here along with producer Erica Cervantes. Kevin, we had to jump on a pod because we're both watching Peyton and Eli Manning's alternate broadcast of Monday Night Football on ESPN2. It's good. <laughs> it's largely really good. And it feels like something is happening tonight that could at least change the way we think about watching games on TV. Your opening thoughts on Peyton and Eli. Well, I'll say this. We've done two emergency press boxes, you and I, over the past, I don't know, three years. One of them was the NFL signing game-changing TV contracts and what that meant to the salary cap and the way the league is structured and all of this stuff. And the other is that a broadcast made us laugh. <laughs> like a football <laughs> broadcast made us chuckle and we were texting about it. And that's where we're at. Uh, my opening thought is that the Mannings have cornered the market on something because there are people who are tweeting at me tonight and they were like, oh, everybody should do this. Well, everybody doesn't have Peyton Manning and Eli Manning. And, and that's the, the important part here. And I kind of think that we're going to get a wave of bad imitations now like every executive might tomorrow be like oh we got to get two players in just chop it up and and you got to have the right personalities um eli was on slow news day last week which is the video series i host and he was so funny and it was the kind of thing like he was laughing about eli face he was doing it for me his son has it he's talking about zoolander he was going through all this stuff he was deadpanning and it was the kind of thing you always hear this you hear this about andy reed too is like there's a secret funny side to them. And I never believe it because if it doesn't show up, it just doesn't it doesn't exist in my book. And it all kind of showed up at once. It was just a huge avalanche of Eli deadpan. And now we've seen it. Uh, Travis Kelsey is now on the broadcast for some reason. That was that was unannounced. Um, but I I just think that this is this is gold. Um, I think that there's there's some flaws. We don't want to pit uh, uh, pick nits. We will here in a little bit. 
Uh, but I, I, I love this as a football consumer, as somebody who, who loves the game. Um, there's concerns I have that like my parents might be confused by this. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not the core audience. A, a Kyle Bowler anecdote to me is gold. I love the Kyle Bowler anecdotes. <laughs> my parents are the reason that like 60 million people watch an AFC championship game. And I, I don't know how it plays to as, as the old saying goes, Peoria right now. Okay. So I want to ask you about that because I think I had this thought coming in that they were going to go really broad. You know, Peyton and Eli Manning are the kind of people that our parents know kind of at, you know, in the like tiny number of athletes, my mom could be like, I know who that is. And I kind of thought it was going to be very celeb and very, you know, we're talking some ball, but we're also talking to, you know, we're talking to, you know, some guy from a movie or Will Ferrell, whoever it is. And they were going to be going for just kind of, we're going to go viral. We're going to do this. We'll be on, we'll get stuff on GMA, right? Some, some clips they can show. This was a lot of football. This was, it was pretty heavy X's and O's right out of the gate with Peyton standing in front of the whiteboard. Was it not? Almost immediately. And to the point, it was strange. There was so much football that there was not a focus on the football, if that makes sense. There was not a focus on the football that was actually happening. And they solved that pretty quickly. So if, if people weren't watching immediately, Peyton put the Gruden visor on within 30 seconds. He goes to the whiteboard. He's doing five or six things that were obviously pre-planned. But the problem is, is like, you know, as, as the old saying goes, life is what happens while you're making plans. And there was a football game happening and they had had some, some, some stuff ready to go. And they were missing the beginning of snaps. They were talking about things that weren't happening on the screen. I think they abandoned that pretty quickly and figured out maybe they ran out of bits. Um, but they, once they settled in and they were just talking about football and even with Charles Barkley, they were doing football stuff. They had a couple of hoops questions and stuff like that. But I would say that, you know, once once Peyton got into, oh, Ray, they're bringing pressure mode or getting angry, being offended at, at Derek Carr's bad play. That's when I thought it really took off. If they keep the football the centerpiece of the show, first of all, that's what they know best. It's not like this is some stretch for them, um, but they're also going to be funny and engaging. I think the fact that Travis Kelsey's on right now is a lot better than uh, if you remember the Monday Night Football years uh where they had like christian slater in the booth yeah we, that, that was we tough. didn't we didn't need that we need more travis kelsey <laughs> absolutely um you realized immediately while why peyton manning has been the number one prospect for every single network yes. for years now he's really good at talking about football eli is also really good at talking about football I think the big surprise for me from jump tonight was that Peyton was really good at kind of doing play by play in addition yeah. to being the analyst. Like it was very big brother, little brother where he's like, no, no, I got this. I'm, 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 I'm right. I'm yeah. giving, I'm going to, I'm going to let you come in. Right. I'm going to let you come in. I had a little bit of that podcast vibe where you're the listener and you're like, why isn't that one podcast host letting <laughs> the other host talk at all? Right. He was fired up. He was going. But he was really good at talking about what was happening on the screen, like setting it up like this happened. And then let me tell you why this happened. He was doing both jobs. Next episode, Peyton is going to do just a 15 minute Mark Maron style monologue to open up the game for the first quarter. <laughs> yeah. Peyton is Mike Daisy. Let's bring in Eli. That is, that, that's what's happened today. It felt a little, and then he, and then I felt like somebody tweeted at me. They're like, Peyton cannot be ch- this charged up for three hours, right? <laughs> Like he's just gonna have to stop. He's gonna run out of material. They're both, they're both great. I'm glad. I think that the host of this show, obviously, there there were a lot of amazing candidates. I'm actually glad that just a free flowing conversation between those two, and then bringing the third. I would, I would 
as much as I'm enjoying this, I'd watch the guests. We don't need to overbook the guests here. The best part of it is Eli and Peyton watching the game. I don't need necessarily like Miles Garrett next game. Like I, I'm good on some of this stuff. If it's pertinent or, I mean, if it's somebody who has a keen insight on one of these teams, that's important. Um, but let's not just bring in random people for the sake of, of doing it. We've talked about this a million times. Like one of the cheat codes in, in podcasting and, and there's a huge difference between national television and podcasting. But one of the things that we've learned is looking at the metrics is a lot of times like the relationships and the two people who are the three people or the four people who are the core tenants of the podcast, they that's what the audience wants, right? Yes. That's what the audience wants. They don't want you know, some random person coming in and sitting in for 30 minutes then and leaving from their lives, like the 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 poochie stuff from The Simpsons, right? Uh, they don't want that. Uh, they want the the core over and over again. And so I think that's one thing to watch. But other than that, I mean, that, that again, that's that's picking nets. So the relationship stuff was off the charts tonight. Is off the charts. This is still happening, by the way. Kevin, in, in case it was like They've a disaster. They've had some time to build up chemistry. <laughs> right. There's something horrible that happens in the third quarter. Just ignore everything Kevin and I say over the next couple of minutes. <laughs> but the the chemistry was was great. And it was also just felt very warm. And, yeah. and you and I, again, have been around media, sports media for a long time. And the biggest note any producer gives to anyone is just talk about the game like you're explaining it to your friends. Just talk about it like you're talking at a bar. And in fact, Peyton said that in the run up to this broadcast. And I went, oh, no. Oh, no. I've heard this. I know this. They kind of have been doing that tonight. They have been talking in a really nice casual let's watch football and talk about it in a really smart way and the fact that they're brothers makes up for the fact that they're not going to be in the same room but there's a natural ebb and flow of chemistry even if eli isn't talking as as much um i'm in total agreement with you i mean peyton is hitting all the right notes he knows exactly how to do it i mean like Gotta remember, Peyton, even outside of the games, he's been talking about football for a long time. I mean, he is a a beacon of corporate America. You know, it's almost like Phil Mickelson, right? Where like he's got a glad hand a lot. And so he's got to explain football to a lot of people who don't necessarily know football. <laughs> he's also extremely good with the media. Yep. I know most people think that the media doesn't care. We have a random Reggie Jackson shot here. Um, Reggie Mr. October in the house. He's you know, we've moved on. Now it's uh George Lopez. But um oh, wait, what? It, it's what, what, what's White, happening? Are we White. doing Hollywood Squares here? <laughs> no, they're doing a celebrity montage. Oh well, yeah. There was the, the oh, there's Reggie. There's Mr. October. It's like a boxing match. It's like a boxing match. The bits were kind of incredible. We should say tonight because they were both like, okay, Peyton and Eli are each going to stand up and pretend they are the other quarterback in real time, <laughs> and none of us at home will have fit? any idea what's going on right now. <laughs> so we gotta put on it's, a it's helmet. Fu what's funny to me, Brian, is I was thinking about this as, as we were talking about it. But I remember talking to a play-by-play -play guy four or five years ago, guy I know kind of well, and he was like, "You would not believe the amount of studying that goes on the week of a game, right?" And I understand why. And he said it's basically like cramming for the SAT, maybe worse, where you're just trying to learn hometowns and and little anecdotes about 53rd guy on the roster just in case and i guess the question is i hate to be like you know chip kelly in one of those job interviews one of those famous job interviews but like why like why what why what what is what is the driving force of network television that led us to the point that it's like i have to know 
exactly when this guy started playing football. And I wonder if that's the biggest thing that's going to change is instead of that kind of preparation, just saying, you know what, these guys know football really well. It might be, I'm never going to say it's the end of the play-by-play guy. You know this. Al Michaels is a king. Joe Buck is a king. They make the games go. And if you want to see the best value, the, the best case for a for for uh, a play-by-play guy, watch a game with a bad play-by-play guy, and you're oh. going to figure it out real quickly. It's like it's like when a, a star player just goes out of the game and they just forget how to play football, um, a defense or whatever. Um, so that's never going to go away. But the tone of it and the preparation, how how networks approach this stuff, that in the short term is what might change. Yeah, and the funny thing about that is Peyton seemed like he was prepared within an inch of his life today, which right. is not a surprise if it's you know for everything we know about Peyton Manning as a football player. But he actually came with like nine thousand anecdotes tonight. And, you know, you and I, when we talk, talk to, to the coordinators, yeah, when we talk to color guys, you know, constantly, they're always like, look, you prepare a hundred things and you use five of them because the games mm-hmm. Peyton seemed like he was determined to get in 99 of them in the first quarter yeah. tonight. He's like, I got a story. I got an anecdote about the Manning mm-hmm. passing Academy. I got to get in right now. <laughs> I got a Kyle Baller anecdote, which I saw you tweeting yeah. out. I'm like, there's just, he felt like he had to smash everything in. And yet, which I would also, if I was given notes, Peyton we can just take that down like two thirds for the next game. Yeah. You don't have to come in with all that, but even with all that, he did feel like he was talking naturally and you're right. It felt like it was talking in a less stilted way than the yeah. broadcaster says, Oh, we got to get to this element in the second half. Cause I've come up with this uh, replay package and we're going to throw it to me. Uh, yeah. You got it. I don't know if you noticed with Peyton and they showed Lamar Jackson's high school highlights and they both just no sold it. They're like, can we just get the game <laughs> back on here? What is happening? <laughs> no interest so, in that package. So, it, it's kind of it's it's what you've been talking about with some of these halftime shows, Brian. Where it's like everything is so prepackaged that there's no time for anybody to talk, and they're just they're just moving on from this. There's there's none of this. None of even though the bits are preplanned. Yeah. I'm there's not the okay. Peyton has to hit his mark right now and talk 15 seconds and say this stadium is a long time in the making, Eli. Like you don't need to do that. No one cares. No. And what was interesting to me is like, so Peyton and Eli, I don't know if you heard this, Peyton and Eli right after halftime, were basically just like, yeah, there's no such thing as halftime adjustments. That was funny. But that's also, they're the first people to ever say this. Yes, it was a great. I've been watching football for 30 years. Well, see, I heard that. And I was everybody's like, did like, Kevin you know, write that column at the journal? Like, I, I, I just thought I everybody knew that, but it was because it was so funny. No, you know what I actually did write? There are no speeches. Oh, good. No good. speeches. And pregame or pregame or halftime, I did, I did write no speeches in the locker room. Didn't want to, didn't want to do the no locker room genre too heavily. But yeah, I mean that's it's it's funny because Rusillo, <laughs> Rusillo was begging Chris Long for answers on what adjustments meant, and Chris thought it meant like he thought because the defensive line never made adjustments, he thought it meant like the back end, like the, the defensive backs were making the adjustments. But it turns out nobody was making adjustments. <laughs> Just nobody. We, it was like it's like a band where every co- every country thinks that like the next country over is the is the country that likes the band. Like no one is actually embracing. The adjustments here it's not actually happening uh-huh it's um so it's very but that was that was a really good bit and you're right if if this if any sports tv show was made as an artistic reaction to nba countdown on espn it was the manning cast of monday night football we're just we, we don't have nine seconds to talk we have three hours we're just going yeah. tonight there's plenty of time 
Uh, write down a couple of other things. First of all, you mentioned you mentioned the guests. Uh, the technical direction was pretty great for a quarter and a half, and then we got to like Ray Lewis was in the middle of an anecdote. And we just went to commercial. <laughs> I actually like that. It was it was charmingly. That is that is as as close to slow news day as ever going to get to network television. It's just anecdote starts, and then we just never hear the end of it. There was a fire alarm going off There's apparently when Ray Lewis was talking. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Shoemaker and I had a convo on this pod a couple of weeks ago about how in media right now, there's two different worlds. There's the world of television and then there's the world of podcasting and Uh they're all very, very separate. And this did feel, we kept saying, when is TV going to sound more like a podcast? Or maybe if you want to say podcast, more like TV tonight felt like they were creeping a little bit closer to each other. Like that would have been a good, this would have been a good long football convo podcast that just happened to be a game cast. I agree. I think this, I think there's a fine line because I do think that the problem with podcasting is that TV does demand some level of credibility that I think you can actually get to in podcasting a different, with a different route. Like if you just, I mean like look at the, I, I know this is, sounds crazy, but like, you know, f- most of the murder mystery podcasts are just people reading Wikipedia that people <laughs> like, you know, it's not like the forensic scientists are actually turned on the microphones here. Uh-huh. And with football, I really do think that there's there's some credibility. I mean, you and I know people who have tried to get on as, you know, as as anything as re- you and I know both know pe- reporters who have tried to climb the ladder on TV and they get to a certain point and some executive takes them aside and says, you didn't play, you didn't coach. Yep. You didn't, you know, you didn't watch tape uh, in a front office and, and you're where you're going to be for the next 20 years. And that is not the case in podcasting. And I wonder how much that's going to change. If at all, I mean, like, again, I, I go back to the, my mom, her parents, whatever, or, excuse me, my mom, my parents, their friends, all that stuff. They turn on, the TV and they're like, oh, cool. Let's see what Peyton Manning has to say. That's the default. Um, that's why they go with huge stars. I, mean, I was talking to someone the other day about this, about the MNF booth in general. It's like the reason they they go with X players in the safe picks is because they're, they're, they just they, they don't want to take a chance. And if they're going to take a chance, it's going to be on a huge star. Um, and so I think that there's still a, um, a gate that is locked to most people when it comes to big time television. And that will remain the case for probably longer than than we think oh i think that's absolutely true when i think if anything comes out of tonight and here's my half-assed think piece for the night um (laughs) when we think about these alternate telecasts they're usually very fun for people that love football like you and i the coaches film room during the national championship game on espn some of the the gambling stuff i'm sure some people get a kick out of that i don't watch much of that but all the little things can be very very fun tonight was the first one where I went, oh, we've had 70 years of a play-by-play announcer and a famous color analyst calling a game in a very specific way. This was the first time I watched something and thought, with some with some changes, you know, with some people getting used to it, maybe this could be the main broadcast. Maybe we could do yeah, something okay. different. I agree. And break up that mold that we've had for so long. I agree with one huge caveat. 
I think this could be the main broadcast. I don't think anything else like this with Peyton could be the main broadcast. Eli. With Peyton and Eli, yes. So that's this it. thing could this be a, the Super Bowl this is, main A This broadcast. is a black swan event. Yes. I mean, like, it, it, <laughs> if, if you wanted to... If you wanted to have this as a Super Bowl, you could you could stick Chris Fowler in with them or Steve Levy or whomever and say, okay, we're gonna do the Peyton and Eli thing, but we'll just have a little bit of a little bit of scene here, you know, and just set up who the who the quarterback is, where he went to college, all that, all that stuff, all that good stuff for the hundred and hundred and two million people who are watching. But I agree with you. This is driving the action forward. Um, I think that there's, you know, the the coaches film stuff. I would also say uh, the the functional problem with that is that it's during the national championship, and I really want to pay attention to the national championship. I don't need Gus Malzahn and and Mike Gundy breaking down some third down that, yes. that Trevor Lawrence is doing because I just want to know who's going to win the game. I know that sounds very basic, but like I don't, I can get second level stuff the next day, two days later, whatever. Wearing a men's warehouse outfit makes you confident, like you could do anything. So you dance like no one is watching, even though everyone is watching. Because of the men's warehouse outfit, you interview like the job is already yours because it is. Because of the men's warehouse outfit, you golf as if the rules don't apply to you because you're too well-dressed for rules. Because of the men's warehouse outfit. At Men's Warehouse, get measured, get fitted, get hot, get confident in everything from tailored suits to underwear and all the stuff in between. Love the way you look at Men's Warehouse. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use Gift Mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click gift mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom and gift mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Um, with this... Uh, I got to tell you, my life is not going to change depending on the Ravens or the Raiders outcome here today. And so it's a little more casual. And so I'd say maybe the bigger the game, the less this works. You know, maybe we'll let we have less. We give less slack if there's just some random anecdote that goes for two minutes when when it's this type of game. Um, so that's one thing to watch. But again, like I'd rather I'd rather TV take those chances and and be entertaining and fail a little bit and, and figure out what works rather than doing what they've, they've done and relegating this stuff to, to over the top or whatever. Yeah. Experimentation is always a good thing. And I'm, and I'm with you. Like I'm, uh, I am really very much a play by play announcer person because at some point when I'm watching the alternate ones, I'm always like, what's happening. I don't understand. I can't hear the crowd, which is a really cool element of watching football on television, especially college football on television. I just need somebody kind of setting it up for me. Uh-oh, Eli has an iPad. 
reminding me of the stage. This is actually a step in the wrong direction. Oh yeah, he was he was he was diagramming a minute ago. Is he diagramming again, or is he just? Yeah, he's back. Just the setting, diagram, up, the setting up the back. kids the on Disney Plus. What, what, yeah. <laughs> what's going on here? Um, he, um, I like Travis Kelsey's been on a long time, by the way. Yeah, he's had. He's is, this had three, some, is this just a three man booth now? He's also sitting sitting in front of some very interesting plants. And a very very shaggy throw <laughs> over that couch I didn't or whatever that you. is. Um, I like the I love announcers because they give you context. You know, when, yeah. when the one time the networks tried an announcerless game, nobody had any idea what was going on <laughs> because you know I'm a much more basic football fan than you, and it's just very helpful to every minute and a half somebody says, "Here is what is happening in the game. Here are the stakes." Yeah. But the one thing I'd say about tonight is I thought they did as good a job as I've ever seen on a non-traditional broadcast of actually setting that up. There were Mm -hmm. times they got away from it a little bit with the guests and all that kind of stuff, but I knew what was happening in the game. I knew how the quarterbacks were playing. They did a lot of Manning-y jokes. It was was very, very good at that. Travis Kelsey for the Summerall role? Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) Kind of the tight-lipped first and 10. He's he's not a lot of room there for him, was there? Kind of the counter puncher to Peyton and Eli. You know, you bring just up the next ga- 60 years, just Travis Kelsey, the next 60 years in the booth. <laughs> you, you, you bring up the guests, but this is what happens. Bill, our boss talks about this all the time. The three man booth is always problematic or almost always problematic. Yeah. So we went from two and then we went to three and it's not as good. I want to ask you, this as a, a football guy and a quarterback whisperer. Who are the other people? <laughs> if we agree that. Yeah, Peyton and Eli are kind of on their own tier, their own place here. Who are yeah. the other quarterbacks or other players you could see succeeding in this kind of environment? Even guys who yeah. are playing now. Okay, so that's a great question. So I think there's a level of confidence that you need. Uh, Peyton Manning has it to talk out of turn, and that was always the thing that that was the tantalizing possibility of Jay Cutler. Although I think Cutler is kind of cycled out of this whole media world. Um, that that he would go out there and just start guns a blazing. I don't even, you know, Tony Romo was great at it, but I don't even know if Tony Romo goes out of his way to, to rip people. I mean, the way that Manning is reacting naturally to Derek Carr and some of his mistakes is is really fun to watch. I don't I don't think he means to be mean, but it's just important. And kind of like what what Troy Aikman's done the last couple of years, where it's just he just hates guys. He He's just, just going hates guys, and he can't. Yep. He just can't. He can't. He can't handle it. So here's my short list. Get the I'm I'm wanting executives to get their their pencils out. Yeah, this is, um, we're whiteboarding. So this, I already baby. gave them. I already gave executives Robert Griffin the third. That's been noted. Uh, Philip Rivers would be would be a big one. Um, I'm going. So we we're, we're gonna we're gonna have to wait on Baker. Unfortunately, it's gonna be a while for Baker. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, if he wants to do it, I, I doubt he's gonna want to do it. He's the first name that came to mind for me. He could, he I, could I just, succeed what, in this environment. The only way it's going to work is if you let it be Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be like Aaron Rodgers' grievance hour, which is going to be amazing. <laughs> Wait, is he talking about the Packers or is he talking about? He's talking about everything. I mean, like, no, no. What I mean by that is like so, some of Aaron Rodgers' best moments are, and I love the guy. Some of his best press conference moments are just like someone will be like, oh, uh, you know, Aaron yeah, you were you you threw that pass off the back foot there in the third quarter, and he'll go. You know, 
that's funny because when I was coming out of high school, uh, the big book on me was that I couldn't throw off my back foot and it'll just go into some weird direction <laughs> that just like just grinding an ax, which could be amazing television at all times. Um, so, but I don't, I don't know. I don't necessarily know if you would want to do that. Um, Joe Burrow is going to be an amazing TV guy one Ooh, day. Just, that's cut, a good just one. see, just see the ball, hit the ball. Uh, Brady's never going to want to do it and he wouldn't be good anyway. Um, I'm looking here. I mean, Drew Brees is clearly being set up for big things, but but I don't know that I feel he's good. the 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 guys who are aging out. There's no one really. Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan, but you have to also have to remember, Bruce Arians was the prospect of all prospects. Yeah, remember that it was like, oh, BA is going to get in the booth and he's just going to talk all this shit, and then nothing happened. No, um, and then he went back to he went back to football and was way more candid. <laughs> the Bruce Arians just, era of broadcasting just, is yeah. yeah. I've just, already forgotten about it. I just think it. he didn't. I just think he didn't know what to say. But the guys who are who are aging out now, Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan, even like a little bit younger, Matthew Stafford, and those guys, I, they, they're not they're not really going to light it up. I'd say the list is Aaron Rodgers would be pie in the sky. That's going to be like like what Peyton has been for the past five years. Um. Philip Rivers, if you can get him out of Fairhope, Alabama, the Fairhope, Fairhope, Alabama high school system, which he seems to enjoy <laughs> right now. Um, and then I think you have to wait on some of these younger guys. I really do think the RG3, even though apparently he's begging the football team to sign him today, always concerned when you when you sign like a 30 year old is that he's going to try to play again. Yeah, usually that's the that's the thing with coaches, right, as they go back to the league. But here you have the quarterback, right. maybe like a Jay Cutler going back to the league. That's a that's a good list. I mean, the Manning one is surprises me though because the networks have been trying to hire him for years. And right. part of the reason he didn't want to do it is he said I don't want to talk about Tom Brady, Eli Manning, brother, or Drew Brees yeah. on television. I always thought Brees was kind of the weird one of those three. I guess yeah. it's a New Orleans and a Saints thing. But it felt like he he is kind of the anti-Barkley, right? I'm not doing it, but tonight it didn't seem to matter. He seemed to be he seemed to be happy to be uh, honest about these guys. I have I have a couple more for you. Number oh, one, AJ please. McCarron. AJ McCarron's going straight into a college booth as soon okay. as he going straight with a headset. I got the list um, here. This is going to the, all the executives tonight. We're <laughs> um, setting them up. Yeah. Uh, Colt McCoy is going straight to the Longhorn Network if it exists. I'm looking <laughs> yeah, at the backup quarterbacks yeah, now. Yeah, not too sure. Chase on that Daniel. One. Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel. Big one. Okay. Daniel Cast. We've gotten all the um, uh, we've gotten all the boosts now. If we're down to Chase Daniel. No, I'm just Chase Daniel's actually going to be better than the other guys. Um, yeah, I think that that that's a solid list. I, I unfortunately don't. I just don't think Russell Wilson is one of the smartest and most insightful guys on a football side. He's never going to say anything um, that just he he just doesn't want to rock the boat in that regard. Um, Trying to think who else. I mean, like, I just, you know, I think you need a certain level of insight. This is why I identified RG3 when he was with the Ravens. You need a certain level of insight, but then a willingness to just poke the bear. And that's what I really liked about RG3. And that's and that's also something you just can't, you can't project. It's like, it's like the quarterback position, you know, projecting from college to pro. You don't know actually what traits are going to make the leap. That's right. Yeah. And, and these guys, as we know, they guess because they talk to the quarterbacks and the coaches in those pregame meetings that the broadcasters do. And yeah. that's where they identify these guys and start making those lists that you're helping us make right now. Um, the other thought I had, and I tweeted this, is there's an interesting 
media B story here, which is that ESPN tried to hire Peyton Manning. And then they tried to hire him again. And they probably tried to hire him nine other times that we don't know about. He was not interested in that because working for ESPN as a proper broadcaster requires a lot of travel. You're taking a lot of direction from producers, all that kind of stuff that is just, if you're Mm -hmm. Peyton Manning, any big star in any league, you're less excited about doing all that. You have nothing to prove in the world. But he got interested when ESPN said, well, what if we make a TV show that you, Peyton Manning, are the co-producer of? So ESPN and you is less. Travel. Yeah, and ESPN is less your employer than ESPN is the host for your producing ambitions, as it was for Kobe Bryant, mm-hmm. as it was for Kevin Durant, yeah. as it kind of was for MJ because he had a taste of the Last Dance. That that's interesting to me too because it that's that's different from the way that sports TV has almost always worked. And often there was a tier of guys that just had no interest in it because they made so much money. They've been so successful and they're just like, I don't need this. But if you're telling them it's not us making you go to Orchard Park and do a game, you're doing it from home. And hey, you're producing the game, right? This is this is part of your shingle. You are you are turning you into a media titan, uh, a media figure that is more interesting to these guys, I think, than than working for them in in a normal way. I agree. But from a football standpoint, how many guys can command that? I think it's two. I think it's Peyton Manning and it's Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's- it, it, for, for this particular thing, for this particular thing is like getting to call a game. Um, I think in the NBA, it's, it's, this, it's, it's the same. It's three upper echelon guys who would be able to do this and not be able to travel and do it from their home. Um, you know, I, I just... I think that there are a couple of lessons here that networks need to fight the temptation of. And one of them is kind of doing what you're talking about here. And just like all of a sudden we're giving, you know, we're giving in three years when he retires, we're giving Pete Carroll, his Pete Carroll's media company, his, uh, his own show, you know, like (laughs) that, that, that to me, if this is a Peyton exclusive situation and the other networks missed out on him. And so learning the wrong lessons is, uh, is worse than, than learning no lessons in the spot. Yes, that would be, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty rare. It's going to be pretty rare. A couple other notes uh, from tonight. We knew there were going to be anecdotes about the Manning's own playing careers. We had lots of jokes about their lack of mobility, which I guess you'd expect in a Lamar Jackson game. Uh, also, <laughs> I did enjoy Peyton bringing up how much the Ravens defense haunted him. That felt that felt that germane to this discussion and the highlights they dialed up were really funny. I'm going to butcher the line, but did Eli have the line of the night where he said the helmet Peyton played with when with the Broncos, yeah. would you rather have it filled with quarters or $10,000 cash? Did you hear that? I did. I did. And everybody see I, that was the line of the night, but I'm not really sure it landed with the group. Yes, it was really funny. It landed with us. It was really funny. It's funny. He's working. He's uh, he lays an intellectual comedian. He showed that on Slow News Day. He works at he works at all kinds of levels. I couldn't believe it. He really he was an all time Slow News Day guest <laughs> until Jeff Fisher comes on tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, that's oh. There you go. A little preview for all you Slow News Day fans. The other <laughs> thing that made me funny was the way they sort of. By cheered- the way, by the way, Jason Jason Witten. Was Onslaught News Day? Not great. Yeah. Well, not great. Probably the worst one ever. 
Sorry, Jason. <laughs> so it does slow news day does uh, you know, there is some some traits that carry over. That's all I'll say. I did like the way they were cheering on the quarterbacks to make good plays. I like that, yeah. And this is always a thing when guys are fresh off the field or fairly fresh off the field like these two guys are, but they just seem to have a knowledge of who's playing right now. Like Peyton continually referencing Tom Brady being mad about the New Jersey numbers. And it right. felt like he was doing that in a kind of organic way of like, yeah, I know Tom Brady. We make jokes about each other. So I'm at the Hall of Fame the other day, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. I did. I did <laughs> like that. Fumble. We have a Lamar fumble. We have a Lamar fumble. Oh, Peyton can't handle it right now. Peyton's just visibly upset. Uh, I have a couple of notes um, for Pey- Peyton Manning before we go. You want to hear my? No, I, please do. And I have, I have one question for you. Okay, you know, let's do the question first, and then we'll we'll close okay. with the notes. Give me the best the sport where this transfers most easily. The baseball? other sport, baseball, baseball. I saw some people talking about golf, possibly because they just have mm-hmm. how boring it all is. Yeah, um, I think the slower the sport, the more sort of yeah, the more like time you have between golf shots yeah, and golf- again the more the more slack you're going to give some story that goes nowhere yeah which is kind of funny what do you if you had golf and the people were off-site like the mannings are and they didn't have to talk in the hushed voice went over the crowd and they just did it a different way yeah you know you could and you know who that would be in golf it'd be tiger freaking woods or phil oh mcclinton gosh now or there's another both. there's another guy who's going to get his own uh if he wanted his own alternate telecast within his production tiger channel. cast i think tiger would uh be able to lock that down Got a couple of notes for Peyton Manning. Number one, we don't need to read tweets on the air. We just, I mean, I think as, as television, I know that's like the number one idea everybody has. Okay, we're all good. If you if you have a message, I'd rather, we, they did like a text from Archie that said, stop scratching your head. Your mom says that, which I did notice Peyton was scratching his head a lot. And he's actually still scratching his head as I watch right now. That was, we don't need to have texts. We just, no text. That, we're all good. We're all good with that. Also, how'd they get that text? <laughs> I'm sorry. Tweets. The texts are okay. We, we, we no, don't need any tweets. No, 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 no. But the, no tweets. I understand that. But how did they get the text from? from I don't the know. It was a, probably a bit. I don't. I, I don't know. Of course, I know. I know. I'm just saying. It just was. It was weird. The other thing was Shoemaker <laughs> and I tweets. were talking about pop culture reference that had that had timed out today on the podcast, and we specifically <laughs> mentioned Animal House. Like, just never make an Animal House reference ever. What does Peyton do? He references. John Belushi's great point average in Animal House. Uh, Peyton, were you writing a sports else, column in 1982? On, what else is on that list? <laughs> that was the big one that came to mind. Yeah. Any any Springsteen, of course, but that doesn't need to be said. Any Springsteen. Stripes, I would put in that boat. Yeah. But Peyton, were you writing like a Los Angeles Times sports column in, in the <laughs> 80s? Animal House. I actually, I'm ashamed to say this. I have a nugget on that. I have a nugget on that whole thing. Peyton Manning and um, actually the late great Greg Knapp uh, were huge 80s movie buffs. And they used to make their backups, um, his backups, even like Brock Osweiler, watch any 80s comedy they had not seen. So like not just Stripes, but like Mr. Mom was on the list. Like Peyton oh used to God. assign 80s movies to his backup quarterbacks so that they could all sit around and joke about it. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed I had that anecdote. You did. That's incredible. But I want us to move to second tier 80s movies like Mr. Mom and just leave 
Animal House behind. If you make a Mr. Mom reference, that'd be really weird, but at least there's still time. Oh, my God. All right. Kevin Clark, a moment in broadcasting tonight. I'm, I'm, wow. I think I'm just shocked at, again, I'm very pro experimentation. I love seeing new things. Most new things turn out to be either bad or sort of good around the margins. And tonight, and again, if my texts and uh, in the tweets I saw are any indication, people are like, I kind of like this. I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at something I'm seeing on sports television. And as you say, I <laughs> laughed. I actually laughed at something on sports TV. What a moment. I said this on the pod. I said this on the pod this morning, uh, Monday morning. But Drew Brees making fun of his lack of arm strength on Sunday night in the NBC booth and a genuine chuckle because it was so out of nowhere. That felt like the first real laugh on a on a any network desk in maybe three years. Like it was a genuine <laughs> belly laugh. It was a big laugh. It wasn't the first laugh, but it was the biggest laugh. Because I just felt like nobody saw Drew Brees making fun of himself coming. Yeah. It, it's mostly the kind of laughs that you get in the pregame shows, which are not even jokes. Or the kind of laugh in the booth where you're, where you're now play-by-play announcer goes, oh, <laughs> oh, second and ten. Just moves it along. Just make sure. I want the audience to know that I'm not completing no selling this. Second and ten. Or it'll be like, it'll be like, uh, it'll be like just a completely inside joke that doesn't seem insidery to the booth guys. They'll be like, you know, so-and-so will fall over. And Part of us like you at the Mexican restaurant last night. And they'll, they'll just laugh. And it's like, what what just happened, man? Yeah. There's too is... many margaritas there, bud. Yeah. It's like, no, no. I want to know even less about your lives. Don't please, please don't bring that up ever again. All right. I'm Brian Curtis. He is Kevin Clark. Listen to Slow News Day. Listen to the Ringer NFL show. Read his writings in The Ringer. Production magic by Erica Cervantes. We're back soon with more lukewarm takes about the media. See you then.